a brief story. So Love here we go. Radio. Welcome one and all. This is Robert Rogers. I am the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004, an organization which is dedicated to providing support, resources, and information to individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's as well as all of their family members. These radio shows have been aired now for many, many years. We have hundreds of shows that we've aired. The good news for those of you listening is all of the shows have been recorded so you can access my interviews with all of these amazing individuals who come from these professional organizations across the globe. I have an interview in a program today that I have been excited about now for months and months. It's an idea, it's a, it's a program which has taken off internationally, and I believe it's a program that will also take off for individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. So we're going to give you some information that's going to really excite you about an opportunity that you can pursue that will really make a difference in terms of helping you reverse whatever symptoms you might currently be experiencing. Now, the founder of this incredible program, and I'm going to spell it for you so that you'll be able to hear what this program is. It's called BAL, B-A-L, A for auditory, Viz, V-I-S for vision, and then X. And you'll learn more about all of that from the founder of this program, Bill Hubert. Bill, thank you so much for being on the radio show today. And I've got to click you on, Bill, first. (laughs) There we go. Thank you for being on the show today. You are more than welcome. My pleasure. So, Bill, Hubert, tell us all about yourself. I am a uh, teacher. I spent uh, five years teaching university-level literature before I was certain that's not what I wanted to do for a living. I returned to a school to pick up an elementary certificate. Uh, at that time, our son was four, and it seemed to me if I were going to teach, I should start at the beginning. So uh, subsequently, I spent 15 years teaching first graders in a public school, low socioeconomic area of Wichita. Um, And then uh, for various reasons, I left the elementary realm and spent the next 15 years teaching seventh grade English and history. Um, And it was during, oh, probably 27 of these 30 years in the Wichita system that Balavizek embryonically appeared and uh, over time evolved into a program which uh, needed a name. And uh, that's where Balavizek came from. So that gives you some idea of my background. And Bill, what I know from inside sources is that this program is not just a program for Wichita, Kansas. It's a program that you have introduced to countries over the world. In fact, you spend a lot of your time traveling. Yes. Um, This is what you, this is probably going to take three or four minutes. Um, Initially, I was concerned about this fact. My seven-year-old first graders every May fell into three discernible groups. Group one had learned all year. They had learned with me or without me. They just learned. Group two, if they had extra time, extra effort, multiple approaches, some tutoring, and some luck, They usually kicked in around mid-year. Group three struggled all year, and they were still struggling in May. So at at that point, um, I knew I had to figure out 
what the deal is with this group three or get out of teaching because my disposition is um, in favor of hard work but not in favor of futility. And to, to have the pattern repeat over and over, I just wasn't going to do that. So that really was the, the, the very conception of what in the world am I supposed to do about these people? And why are they the way they are? Okay, so within four or five years, just by watching, I could see that so many of my students were physically inept. They just, for example, because I had been in athletics all my life, uh, I just asked, I had each of them perform certain tasks just to see what the story was with them. I asked them to stand on one foot, and many could not. I asked them to jump off a chair about two feet high. Only a few could land gracefully on both feet and maintain balance. Others wobbled or toppled or actually just fell over. Thirdly, many of them threw an object neither handedly. It wasn't ambidextrousness, it was neither hand. Fourth, they could not walk a straight line like a piece of tape or a balance beam. And for many, skipping was just a bizarre experience. And when I overlaid the one pattern of the three groups and then put the other pattern on top of it, of this physical dysfunctionality state, every single one of the kids in the non-learning group three, they had the most physical dysfunctionalities. And a large percentage of the ones in the middle group did. So, at that point, which was probably, I don't know, seven, eight years into my teaching first grade, although I could not have articulated it at the time, I am aware in hindsight that essentially I asked the question, for people who struggle academically, ought the physical to be addressed before the cognitive. Because as long as this physical dysfunctionality exists, teaching them academics is not happening. So that then led to years and years and years of trial and error. What is it? Why did some of these people change academically, socially, uh, behaviorally, once we addressed these physical difficulties. Was it the balance beam? Was it balance in general? Was it throwing? What, what in the world was it that made the difference? And over time, uh, I discovered the racquetball, and I discovered the use of sand-filled bags, and our trial and error processes it became more regimented, so that I could really call them exercises. And uh, my first graders' test scores went up and their behavior was far uh, superior to that of their peers. And their attention, uh, the uh, length of focus and attention, they could turn on and off rather than be victims of it. Well, once that occurred, then colleagues began to inquire, what are you doing? And they came to look, and uh, so that spread uh, through that one building and then another. By that time, I was at the middle school, and uh, we provided an in-service for a staff at an elementary school with my seventh graders. And they were so taken by it that they began using it with their students. And at that, that very next week, the phone started ringing because every one of those teachers had a sister-in-law somewhere who was, had trouble with either her own children or her students. So we began providing weekend trainings. And what began with one, 
training at one Wichita Elementary School uh, has morphed into, I think we just completed number training number 481. And we've gone from Wichita to Kansas to 46 states, to Canada, to Mexico, to London and Scotland, and uh, four places in Germany, Paris, Belgium, Singapore. We just go wherever we're invited. We've never, ever advertised. My website is only for information. We just answer the email on the phone and work out a date and provide the training. And one more thing you should know. None of this would have happened without my many, many years in martial arts. It was the martial arts that enabled me to watch my struggling students through the twin lenses of balance and rhythm. More precisely, imbalance and lack of rhythm. That became, those became the keys. And uh, so, over time, then, I mean, it it works. It just plain old works. But over time, these other people began showing up at the trainings who were not teachers. They had a different kind of question. And finally, I asked, who in the world are you people? Well, they're OTs and PTs. They said, essentially... We understand it, we get what you're doing, but many of the people we work with couldn't even do your first exercise. So what are we supposed to do? And that then launched what really was about an eight-year campaign on our part uh, to find the necessary modifications so that what we were doing applied not just to struggling, uh, learning disabled, regular ed students, but could be modified for almost everyone on the autism spectrum. Cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy, multiple sclerosis, fetal alcohol syndrome, Angelman syndrome, brachial plexus, uh, traumatic brain injury and PTSD. We train therapists who work at Fort Riley in the Wounded Warrior Battalion. Um, And it's now spread into stroke recovery and, of course, Parkinson's. That's why we're here today. What a fascinating story. So when someone sees you or a teacher of this working with a group, what do they really see? Are people throwing beanbags at each other or balancing themselves in one way or another? Are they listening to sounds or music? Uh, let's address that one at a time. First, there's no throwing. There is placement of bags. And there is bouncing of balls, but no throwing. Throw is something from sports. What we are doing is a series of exercises. They are quite precise, and they are based never on sports ability. It's all technique. Secondly, there is never an outside rhythmic source. There is Balavizek's rhythms are internalized based on the techniques and the, uh, one of my seventh graders one time said, I got this figured out how to tell people about this music thing. She said, Balavizex has its own music, its own rhythm. And she is absolutely right. We never mix music or any other outside rhythmic source with what we do. Because, and this is important for you to know. I mean, I've never done this uh, without the person watching me, but uh, we'll see if I can get this across to you. A a fundamental rhythmic pattern of Balabas X is four count. Ba, 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 ba. Like this. And it's 
very consistent, all based on technique. Well, supposing the person I'm working with has a, let's say, let's say one of the hands by virtue of cerebral palsy doesn't open. So let's say he can get it open, but it takes him longer. Well, so instead of the exercise with the bag sounding ba, 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 it would sound ba, 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 because that third count is delayed by his trying to get that hand open. Are you following me? Yes. Okay, so what we have learned to do, I mean, it's kind of a duh thing, we, un- we began to understand quickly, don't do it that way. The slowest uh, facet, if there are four, four parts, the slowest part has to be, everything has to be slowed to match that slowest one. So instead of ba, 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 it would all be slowed to ba, ba. Uh, uh, cool. So that the rhythm is maintained, and musically, it's what Beethoven called elastic time. I mean, if you uh, listen to this uh, phrase from Beethoven, da 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 and that's what we do primarily in our modifications. We have to find the proper pace and modified technique, which will enable that person to have the same experience as the regular person at da 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 da. It's just a modified pace. So much of our time is spent uh, looking for and polishing refining these techniques. Then a person has to practice these techniques? Well, yes. It's just like going to the spa. You know, you, surely that's not the only place you're going to walk. <laughs> if, if, you're gone, if you're going there to lose 25 pounds, it's not going to happen just an hour a week. So but it's that not a question. Six, of... it, it doesn't mean six hours a day, for heaven's sakes. But it means as much time as you wish. But certainly, you know, a few minutes, thirty minutes or so, if you can put in that much, five or six days a week on your own. Because we show you when you're with us, of course, we partner with you and we instruct you. But we, right off the bat, we start showing you things that you can do on your own. You don't need a partner. Dwight can speak to this much better than I can. Well, this would be an excellent time to introduce our co-guest, Dwight Roth, who has experienced this for himself and found incredible results. So, Dwight, thank you for uh, taking the time to be on the show today. It's my pleasure, and thank you very much for inviting us, and thank you for what you do. I appreciate your uh, critique of the template that says that medicine, the medical world, knows better than us, and they do know some things, obviously, but we also know some things, and um, and Bill and other people have helped me become in charge of my own Parkinson's. Uh, I'll just tell you briefly about myself. I've been a sociology college professor for about 30 years. I am retired. I've worked with older adults much of that time. Uh, I was diagnosed in oh, three years ago, but most of my traits I've had most of my life. And nobody, uh, nobody ever called it Parkinson's. I was slow. I had a gait. I have a gait problem. I have spatial depth problems. Uh, I I drag. I know at, at ten years old I dragged my left heel, and uh, I didn't have much energy. And so all of which to say, um, I've had most of this stuff, and you know my whole life. 
and it was only three years ago when the hand tremor started that I was finally diagnosed. And um, fortunately, uh, through, uh, through a Parkinson's dance program that I run, I became affiliate or acquainted with Bill's work, and I went to one of his uh, two and a half day workshops. And um, he said that evening, I think the first evening, that he's interested in working with people with Parkinson's. And I really liked um, what Bill was doing. Uh, and so that's how we made the connection. And I'm very much involved as a person who wants to inspire people with Parkinson's. It's, even though it may sound like it at, the, at first, um, it's not the end of the world. It is something one can do about it. It is um, reversible. And uh, that's why I appreciate your web pro, your webpage so much. Your your program is, from my perspective, is the best of its kind. It's, it's the most helpful to people with Parkinson's. And, oh, and I feel I, I would feel very good, Robert, about pushing me on any of the, anything I've said or anything you want me to say. Uh, other questions <laughs> that I should I talk a little bit about how how his will's work has helped me. I think that would be absolutely wonderful, Dwight, if you would. Sure, uh, and this will be very by necessity um, very fast and. Uh, because of our time, but feel free to um, push me, Bill or Robert, push me on anything I say. Well, obviously it helps me with um, balance um, because that's kind of the name of the game. Uh, it gives me increased energy. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm not healed of Parkinson. This is not a miracle program. This is not a miracle working thing, but I do have increased en energy. And maybe most important, and this is very subjective, uh, increased self-confidence uh, because a person, uh, the, one of the problems with this template we've talked about, this medical model, it tends to decrease the confidence of a person, and Bill has given me a lot of confidence. Um, he, he has helped me do things that I, I thought I couldn't do. Uh, one thing you didn't mention, Bill, he also uses a soccer ball, sometimes two soccer balls. And I tried out for soccer when I was 15, and I got cut the first day. Well, here at 70 years old, the other uh, a couple of weeks ago, he said, Dwight, you're not supposed to be doing this. And I, my physical therapist was there, and she said, oh, my God. And I, I, I said, oh, my God. And um, so the important thing of giving me confidence, um, the knee flexibility, and I went, Bill to talk about this because he didn't really address this yet in terms of what he is so good at. Um, I, I was exercising on my knees, uh, kind of in a push-up position, and then I went out, I went to get up with. Put, I wanted to push my right knee up, and the right knee would not move. Scared, scared me to death. I'll tell you, because I thought, okay, that's one more thing that. I'm going to have to get some pill to maybe to move the, the dumb thing, you know, and it would t take a lot of money and a long time, or I would have to go into some long-term therapy. So I said, Bill, can you, what, what do you think I should do? I said, who should I go see about this? And what did you say, Bill? I just told him to square his shoulders and uh, straighten his spine because he was leaning uh, to the right, so he had too much weight on the right side, and therefore he couldn't move the right leg. It was just a matter of posture. And, and so he did. He just squared his shoulders, uh, squared the posture, uh, straightened the spine, so his head was straight up instead of tipped over to the right, and he got up. And he thought it was something biblical. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? I said, who are you? Are you somebody are you I don't know? And he said, no. He said, I, I know how to watch muscles, and I've been doing this for a long time. And sure enough, I got up. With, within 10 seconds, I was up. And uh, I don't know what scared me the most, my knee locking to begin with, or it's telling me to uh, how to shift myself. And whenever... Um, uh, when I'm doing that exercise at home, and I do it a lot just to keep myself in shape, you know, what he had taught me there, 
uh, I, I think of Bill and, and what he did. And it's just, it, it's something I think people miss a lot. And maybe OTs and PTs do this, but generally a neurologist would miss it. Uh, this keen observation of how the shoulder and the spine and the rest of the body are aligned. Yes. And that was a high study. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, Dwight, that the surprise to you is that you were in the presence of a true prophet. Well, uh, um, uh, he would hesitate to use that term. Uh, I'm sure he would. There, there, is this, there is this adage that prophets are not known in their own country, and he's not known. He, I mean, he is known in Wichita, but not like he should be. And here this man goes all over the world. He, he travels a lot, and people have trouble seeing him locally. And so um, I, I know he doesn't want to be seen as a prophet, but he sure knows what he is doing in terms – and maybe he is. Maybe he is, uh, because I think this Valavisek had something to tell, talk to Parkinson's, uh, the Parkinson's world about, and hopefully we'll have more time to say that. One other quick thing about what happened to me at one of his workshops. His workshops are not easy. Uh, this is not easy stuff. You have to practice it to go back to what you said earlier. So um, one, I think, was a six or seven hour workshop. How, what are some of your eight, eight hours? Okay. So at the end of the day, and this is true even of the, the physical therapists and the OTs, the occupational therapists, they were exhausted too. So I didn't feel too bad as the prisoner of Parkinson's. But I thought I could not drive seven miles home in the dark. I just thought I don't have the energy to do this. I'll go sleep in the car. And so I go, uh, well, I'll, at least I'll turn on the lights and turn on the ignition and maybe maybe I'll get some energy someplace. And all of a sudden, my night vision had increased, I would say, 25 to 30%. And I'm not saying that can has continued, but there was something during that workshop that jump-started the eyes. And you and I actually talked about that one time. And I think part of it is, and um, Bill, you, you could elaborate on this, part of the importance here is you really watch the balls. You, do, you just don't bounce them. You watch them. Watch them, watch them. And it's really fascinating once you start focusing in on this. And I think it was my focusing on, on those balls for eight hours that helped increase the night vision. Yes. Uh, to to uh, speak to a couple of these points, um, and let's just start with the vision. Balance rests upon the analogy is to think of a three-legged stool. One of those legs is proprioception. What does that mean? And proprioception is the sense of where my body parts are in relation to each other because I have a body map that corresponds with a brain map. As I sit here at this table, I can close my eyes and they're closed right now. And I, if I wish, I can place my left pinky finger on my nose with my eyes closed. That's proprioception. You have more proprioceptive points on the bottom of your feet than anywhere else. And these atrophy as you age, unless you work them out. Don't sit so much. Amen. That's why the Chinese have these walking pads, and they wear moccasin-type shoes, quite soft, and the path is studded with uh, large and small-sized uh, stones and boulders they're all smooth so you don't cut yourself but it's it's a rocky it's a rough terrain and the that's what keeps their proprioceptive points sharp as they age second leg of the stool is vestibular that is the sense which tells you where your body parts are in terms of gravity so let's say i'm in an airport i have a computer case and a small bag, one in each hand. I'm standing directly in front of the conveyor. That's a, those conveyor belts that, you know, you, you, whatever they're called. 
uh, and I'm fine. I have no problem with gravity. The moment I step on that moving walkway, there's an instant in which I have to reset my vestibular sense because I will have lost my sense of gravity momentarily. All right, that gives you two of the legs, proprioception and vestibular. The third leg is vision. You must have the ability to focus your vision. Nobody walks a high wire blindfolded. Those guys have a laser focus, usually on the end of the wire, but it's on something and it never wavers. This is just strictly conjecture on my part. But as people age, the vision becomes fuzzy. It it isn't sharp. And so that compromises that leg of the stool. Because if any one of those three legs is compromised, your balance is compromised accordingly. So I find myself, every once in a while, I will lose my balance. I mean, it's not catastrophic. It's not like I fall over. But I'm aware that I've lost it for a moment. And every single time, if I examine it, I have stopped using my vision to its fullest. I've gone into some kind of, you know, fantasy world I'm thinking about, and my eyes are just on their own plan instead of my seeing clearly what I needed to see. Okay, so much for that. Um, But in terms of what uh, uh, Dwight said, you are not allowed in Balabas X to use your peripheral vision. Every moving object must be focused on. And that makes everything visually sharp. And I suspect that's what he experienced uh, when he went outside that dark night. And, and that that day, um, part of the tiredness was, was the vision, um, just the constant uh, focus on the on the bouncing ball. Um, the, the eye muscles by the fifth or sixth hour were really hurting. And I thought, why why did I come here? I came here to get rid of Parkinson's or to minimize it, and I'm having <laughs> sight problems. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I, I'm serious. I almost walked out, but yeah, but uh, but this is this is not this is not easy stuff. This is not um, simple. This is complex. Um, Bill basically is a neurologist. He, I, he doesn't have a degree in it, but he, he, he functions while he knows the brain very well. And um, and I guess the point I'm trying to make is that the the, the the focus of those eye muscles is what turned that around that day. And my guess is if I would work on that more often, my night vision would would stay up there. It didn't stay up there, but the reason it didn't stay up there is because I have not practiced it as I should. I'm talking about now night vision. As a footnote, go right ahead. Yes, Bill. Yes, Bill. Just as a footnote, uh, the blind uh, have what I refer to as virtual vision. They have their own way of seeing. And we have much, uh, the, the blind uh, benefit considerably from Balabas X because we, instead of using the eyes, we use their other senses, primarily the tactile and the auditory. But we sharpen those just as for the sighted person, we sharpen the vision. We just learn something every day. Dwight, on that day when you spent eight hours with this very intensive activity and you went to your car, what's the end of the story? Did you wind up having to sleep in your car because you couldn't drive home? No, or did you drive home? There were two things. The night vision then jump-started me again. Being, I forgot about being tired. I was so amazed and so intrigued and so excited that my adrenaline or some something else was going on. But I probably didn't sleep till one o'clock in the morning because I was so excited and so amazed. And aside from Parkinson's, or I maybe say as part of Parkinson's, I'm just curious about what's going on here. And so on that particular note, I did not sleep in the car because I was excited and I drove home like it was daytime. And I felt 20 years old because I had this energy. 
and, and part of it is too going back to Bill. I mean, it's it's not just his wonderful exercises, but it's the way he teaches. Bill, what do you think happens to benefit Dwight when he uses the Bal of Viz X exercises? What happens to him is what happens to everyone. It's balance, auditory, vision, exercises for brain and brain-body integration. Um, I'd like you to repeat that. To me, this is one of the key variables. So would you say that again? Sure. BALAVIS-X is an acronym for balance, auditory, vision, exercises for the purpose of brain and brain-body integration. The two images uh, that I would like you to entertain at the moment, which, which I think would convey to you the essence of what we do and why what we do applies to so many different challenges or conditions. First, you know, picture someone you know who who has good posture and a good healthy stride. And just watch in your head, watch the person walk. And you will look at the arms. Almost always there's a natural contralateral arm swing. We've learned over the years just by watching and keeping track, you know, Whenever we see this, we'll bet you 20 bucks on the spot that the odds are this person does not have major issues. And to the extent that they do not have natural contralateral arm swing, to that extent, we find that they usually do have issues and challenges which make their lives difficult and we address that we uh, we often have to teach children how to walk one of the great big bugaboos in our world is to keep kids wearing those hoodies they stick their hands in those front pockets and they never swing their arms never and even when they do take their hands out of those pockets they've got both hands attached to the cell phone so they're still not moving their arms. And their hood is down over their eyes and they're not moving. Sure. So the, 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 the contralaterality, I mean, if, if a baby crawling is the cornerstone of all subsequent development. It's the hand and the opposite knee striking the floor at the same moment. Left, right, left, right. And if you watch carefully, you'll see the head, sort of like a little bobblehead, looking at those hands being placed out in front. That is the kind of orchestrated, naturally rhythmic contralaterality upon which almost all other development is based. So you show me a child who never crawled, and I'll show you Sooner or later, his IEP. I'm sorry, what? That, uh, IEP is, uh, educa- uh, is educational talk for individual education plan. It's what all special ed students have. Um, and uh, so there's one image. We, ad- we address all of that in what we do. You can't just stand there with a hand in the pocket and bounce this ball to me. No, your feet will be straight your balance will be 50-50 on each foot. Your shoulders will be squared with mine. The ball is to land precisely here, and mine will land precisely there at precisely the same time. We will catch at the same time, and we will clap the ball over to the other hand at exactly the same time. Of course this doesn't happen the first session or even the third, but that is the goal, absolute precision. That then leads to this second image you need to put in your head. Picture a child in a swing. Now, you grasp 
the chains or the ropes, and you pull back about a foot and let go. The swing goes out and it comes back. And if you know what you're doing, you will apply at a single precise moment the precise amount of pressure to push the child out. And he will go out a little further. Then he comes back, and at that magic moment, you apply that pressure. You understand what I'm showing you here or talking about? Yeah. But if you, if, you, if you apply that pressure too soon, you push the child right out of the swing. And if you wait too long, it's then an effort on your part. There is one moment to apply that pressure. Once that uh, process is in place, the sling, the child, and you become a resonance system. And that's essentially what my assistants, all of whom are teenagers, that's what we do. When the people who struggle come to us, we show them the necessary techniques so that they entrain with us. And by so entraining, E-N-T-R-A-I-N-I-N-G, by so entraining with us, they, we infuse into their systems the contralaterality, the balance, the, the rhythmic pace, the rhythmic predictability, which is beneficial for everyone. A key word you use, I think, is entrain. Yes. Would you please say that again because it's so important. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what when – I, when I asked Dwight to – the first time he took a ball and he, was, he bounced it to me, all right, we, we struggled through that, all right. But then when the second ball was introduced and his bounce and my bounce occurred simultaneously – toward one another in a partner configuration. He understood intellectually right away. These balls are supposed to go at the same time, at the same pace, at the same height, and they have to be caught at the same moment. Well, he wasn't very happy. (laughs) But, But the point is, over time, by virtue of technique, it's not sports ability. No, it's not. It, 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 we, we, sh- we enable him to, to do it by virtue of technique. And once he could do it, now we can be anywhere, and at any given moment we could do that. And it's one, uh, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it. Uh, it's just one system. The two of us are in a state of integration together. And, and let me um, give an example of this. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill. And this, this, this relates directly to Parkinson's. When you bounce the ball, you have your shoulder in a very definite position. And obviously in Parkinson's, the shoulders, the, the stereotypical symptom, one of the stereotypical symptoms is dropping, drooping shoulders, right? But when you work with Bill, you do not droop those shoulders. You have those shoulders back. And at first that drove me nuts. And and it has helped me an awful lot. And that that part of the entraining, that shoulder, and um, again he, he uses the word technique. And so that shoulder in position. Uh, if, uh, there's a lot of stuff related to Parkinson's here, but that one is very specific. I mean, this is a no-brainer here. You follow what I'm saying, Robert? The shoulder. Yeah. He has yes, my indeed. shoulders, shoulder square. That's would you say that's. Yeah, they're not slouching, and um, and he's been very patient with me, and this does not happen overnight. This, if you want to do balavisex, it it takes. I personally, I would say ten, twenty minutes a day, and probably it should be more. But I at least try to start my day with ten or twenty minutes of balavisex. This, this is um, this is not. I want to emphasize again. This is not easy. Is it effective? Yes. Is it easy? No, you have to be determined. You have to discipline yourself. Dwight, Amen. you mentioned a number <laughs> of benefits of doing this Balaviz X. Uh, could you summarize for listeners what the benefits have been for
for you, particularly with regard to your symptoms? Well, again, and this may be repetitious, Robert, and so um, if if I'm repetitious, uh, please uh, correct me or push me on it, okay? Uh, the one is what, what it should be is balance because uh, that's quintessential Parkinson's stuff. Uh, and I think this is why Bill is interested in it. I mean, here's, he's interested in balance, and in Parkinson's, that's a, a major variable. So it has helped me with my balance. Um, do you want to push me on that, or is that is that enough uh, to say about balance? Um, and I can tell when I'm not practicing this enough. I, it's like you, it, it, if you're going to hit a if you're going to hit a three pointer, you're going to in basketball, you're going to have to practice that three pointer. You're not going to go out there in the in, in the game and start practicing and start throwing and hitting. And even if you practice a lot, you're going to miss some shots. But my point is, uh, I have to practice all these very. I have about ten x. He has three hundred exercises. I think Bill does in his repertoire, and I use about ten of them, and I will use more. But I have to practice to help with the balance. Again, with the increased energy. Uh, I remember the kid uh, at at fourteen or fifteen going to my medical doctor and saying, "Please give me some. Please give me a pill." I mean, even back then, forty or fifty years ago, it was a pill. And Bill is helping me with energy. Um, in a number of ways, and and this, the important one of increased confidence because it's so easy to lose confidence. Oh, woe is me! My body is falling apart, and and so um, the increased confidence. Um, those would be the major ones, and, and it, we could go into much more detail. But but right now, that's what I'll say, and I'd be glad for you to push me on Bill or Robert, where you guys to push me on this. Well, Dwight, that's a beautiful summary. Thank you. It might be helpful if we just uh, spoke about GAIT, G-A-I-T. I have not been around scores of people with Parkinson's. But everyone I have been around, I see that the GAIT is off. And so, as always, when I see something that strikes me as off, I I try to identify what's off. What aspect of it is off? And once I see what I assume it is, then the question is, so why is it off? And once I understand that, then it's easy to know what to do about it. I mean, if this doesn't work, then we'll try that. And if that doesn't work, we'll just keep at it till we figure it out. Well, not just people with Parkinson's, but so many elderly people and everybody in the world who's got a walker, they have one short step and one longer step. And so they walk tick-tock. Da-da, da-da, da-da. So all we do is sit them down. I take the feet. I sit down. Just picture yourself sitting in a chair. I'm sitting on the floor directly in front of you. I have hold of your ankles. And I pick up your right foot with my left hand, move it out, take it back. Other foot with my right hand, bring it forward, put it back. Out, back, out back. We might do this for 15 minutes straight. And then I let go and have you do it by yourself. And you will do it, I mean, every single time. The person does it himself. The strides are the same length. Let me suggest something that I think where we could illustrate this. Remember, Robert, I said that when I was 10, I had a gait problem. And the reason Mm -hmm. I know that I had a gait problem when you walk in snow, your, your footprints should be very precise and clear, right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Okay, the left heel, I could see that drag in for about 10 inches. And um, uh, a couple, oh, several months ago, I asked Bill about that, and you watched my heel a little bit, and you said, I forget exactly what you said, but you said, correct this, 
and I have to be very careful lest I lapse into that old dragging problem. What what happened there way back then, I don't know, but I know that I had it, and I know that at age 70, he looks at it, and he corrects it. It's, it's not quite as dramatic as the knee, but it's, you know, where he corrected that knee problem, but it, it's in that same area, and and I know a few people who can watch bodies and so quickly pick it up. Well, just to that finish, is fascinating. What, just, just to finish what I was saying, once they, 15 minutes or so max, when they can sit in that chair and do that, then I just ask the person to stand. And I step away three or four steps and say, walk to me. And they walk to me the four or five steps, and each step is the same length. Hence, there's no more TikTok, and there's no more off-balance leaning uh, primarily to one side or the other. The posture's okay, the shoulders are squared, and they just walk off. Right. Wow. And, and what's important there, and I'll make a very obvious duh statement, part of the problem of Parkinson's is posture. And we think, uh, we think, and sometimes we do need lots of physical therapy and uh, physical and occupational therapy. But part of it also, uh, I just want to reiterate, is observing that, and that can be corrected pretty quickly. But then it it, it has to be practiced. It's it, just because Bill said it doesn't mean it's going to stay fixed. I have the responsibility of doing it. Of, of holding my knee a certain way or, or walking with my gait in a certain way. Yes. Do you want to speak about the balance board? Um, or do you want to leave that out? Let's leave that out. All right. It sounds like then one kind of a, an activity that a family member or a spouse or a loved one could do for a person who's having gait challenges is to do just what you did, Bill, and yeah. that is to have them sit in a chair. They can sit on the floor. They move the feet out and back at the same distance for about 15 or 20 minutes and then see what the result would be. Mm-hmm. And it's always slow, steady, regular. Ba, 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 ba. Out, back, out, back. Bill, you have videos. Is any of that in the video? Mm-hmm. Yes. In, uh, in Bill's website, uh, I believe you have videos, and uh, I use them because I can't remember everything he teaches me when I come to his sessions, but I do take advantage of his videos, and they're very concise and they're very clear. And if anyone's interested in pursuing this, uh, the videos are a good way to go. And by the way, some um, much of this you can do by yourself, the ball bouncing. It, it's ideal to have a partner, but I, I, I work a lot. Uh, on my own with ball bouncing. It's what one of my favorite website, What is the website it, address, Bill, of your website? It's uh, www.bal-a-vis-x. www.balavisx dot com and actually if you just if you get on google or and just if if you or go to amazon and just by the time you type b-a-l hyphen it'll take you right to it right Ah, that's great and i think on some of your some of uh, the website there are some um, uh examples i think that the person before they would buy the video uh, that they can uh, see some of your work right there on the website or not? You can see various clips on my website, yes. But uh, you, my, my, book, my three books are available from Amazon, but the DVDs you may not get. You can't get those anywhere except from me. Okay. And, and I, again, anyone who has any interest in this at all, I would um, – I vouch for them. And I, I don't vouch for much, but I vouch for them. 
Now, the story behind all of this started with five-year-olds, and it has obviously expanded not just from Wichita, Kansas, but to populations that are across the world and populations that have various mobility challenges. It sounds like almost as a matter of fluke or accident, all of a sudden, uh, because of Dwight's involvement, Bill, you've become interested in Parkinson's and working with people with Parkinson's. What is the future of that for you? I have no idea. I mean, we we don't advertise, and if whoever shows up uh, and wants uh, us to work with them, then that's what we do. Uh, we just we only provide trainings where we are invited. I only see private students when they call or email, and so if more people with Parkinson's show up, then we'll have more, and if they don't, well, then we won't. <laughs> and it, it is the news is spreading. We're in South Central Kansas around the Wichita area, and the news is spreading. And he he will be getting um, he will be getting clients and uh, students, whatever you want to call them, because. As I understand it, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. In general, you're you're doing neurological work. Is that right? Well, that much of your work is neurological, and obviously Parkinson's is a neurological problem. Yes. And so, to me, it just absolutely fits. Um, so I, I I hope and I think that other people will take advantage of this because. I just uh, I just uh, coincidentally happened upon Bill, uh, and uh, like I like he said, he didn't advertise. It was another party that said, you know, do I you ought to see this? And I'm so fortunate that I did see it. The, the youngest uh, person we ever work with on a regular weekly basis is three and a half. And the oldest so far is 105. And, wow. and the, the reason they all benefit is because at base, I can see all of them through those twin lenses of martial arts. Imbalance, lack of rhythm. And when anyone who corrects those, even minimally, benefits. And the more you correct them, the more you benefit. It doesn't cure anything. It just... Correct. It doesn't yeah. cure. That's, I think that's a huge thing. It doesn't cure, but it... Uh, what was the just, word? It just used? benefits. It benefits. And again, I think in Parkinson's, part of the problem, the, the, the classic problems are balance and rhythm. And here they program about balance and rhythm. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's so obvious to me that... Um, that they're connected, balance and rhythm. It's obvious to me, too, I must say. Bill, to clarify then, if a person from New York City or Toronto, Canada, or Seattle is listening to this show and thinking, wow, I would be wonderful if we could get Bill to come up and uh, spend some time with our support group or individuals who currently are in need of your support. You'd be receptive to having some discussion about that, it sounds like. Sure. We're, we're, we just uh, were in Seattle last weekend of January, and we'll be in Everett, which is just north of Seattle, uh, the end of this month. We just go wherever Wherever you're invited. Okay. So, yeah, everybody I, I listening, uh, pay attention. It means that you can contact Bill and get some remarkable assistance and support. Uh, and there might be actually the opportunity to, for him to piggyback uh, on, on a place that he's actually already visiting, like, like in this case, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yes. What a and wonderful... Uh, say there's again, couple, There's several things that I really like about Bill's work, um, but a couple just to really emphasize here. It is non-toxic because so, many, so much of our pharmacology is, I mean, you know, we are dependent on right now on pharmacology, unfortunately, and I guess thank God we have it. 
but but you know what I'm saying. It is non-toxic. There are no negative side effects. Um, there, but the the, the 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 most significant thing on on the person's part is responsibility. If they're going to do this. They can. It's not just dropping that pill. It's exercise, exercise, exercise. It's discipline, discipline, discipline. It's responsibility, responsibility, responsibility. So Bill might give them ideas, but they have to carry it out. Does that make sense? Well, some, well summarized, Dwight. Some of the listeners of this radio show have actually recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Dwight Roth, what would you like to say to them right now? I would like to say to them that obviously this is a serious situation they have. I hesitate to use the word disease because of the negative connotations with it. And so I call it a Parkinson's challenge or more recently a Parkinson's imagination. Uh, uh, Einstein said... Uh, that imagination is more important than knowledge. And so uh, find out as much as you can about Parkinson's and alternative uh, alternatives to pharmacology. And, again, I'm not ruling out pharmacology, but I am saying what, what can I imagine beyond this? And, I, and, and we're giving you something brand new today to imagine. Uh, I do a lot of uh, – I do a lot of – the obvious, the walking, the stretching, the meditating, the dancing, but design your own plan. Do not just sit there. Uh, uh, get with others. Get with experts, and then get with other people with Parkinson's. And look at your wonderful web page of Parkinson's recovery, because there are so many ideas there. Bottom line is uh, develop your own plan. Take responsibility. Um, have imagination. And if possible, and I know that this is uh, it's easier said than done, but try to laugh at it. Um, one of the most exciting people I've ever known, and by the way, most people that with people with Parkinson's that I know are very exciting people. And the most exciting person about 10 years ago, he, he had Parkinson's pretty well advanced, and he said, damn the torpedo, that's full speed ahead. And so if Parkinson's is a torpedo, um, uh, um, I'm going to be in charge of it. It's not going to be in charge of me. See it as a time of growth. And I know that's difficult for many people, but you ask me, that's where I am at. Thank you, Dwight. And, Bill Hubert, my final question for you is, of all of the fascinating insights you've provided during this hour today, what is it that you most want listeners to remember? Uh, let's see, essentially uh, similar to what Dwight said. Um, if you either you do something about it or it's going to do something to you, whatever it is. But the only one that doesn't work is death. <laughs> up until that, you know, up until then, you know, you, I, I, I just, I just don't accept victimhood. Right. And, and to some extent, that's what the medical model and the typical template for Parkinson's and other diseases is implicitly about, oh, this is too bad. The doctor will come and say, I have this bad news for you. Well, it's not good news, but it is a challenge, and uh, that's how I see it. I have something, uh, as an example of, of my imagination, I'm creating a film called Parkinson's Imagination Black Fire Chi Dance. And uh, chi obviously has to do with energy. So uh, try to be as, try to be creative. Write poetry. Uh, develop a, a dance step. Um, develop a new exercise. Go watch Bill uh, at one of his workshops and get him ideas. He will give you ideas. Bill Hubert and Dwight Roth, I want to thank both of you for taking the time to tell us all about this most exciting and innovative opportunity for people who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's. 
I must report it has been a delight and an honor for me to learn more about this amazing program. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Robert. My pleasure. And that's what where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this radio show today, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. We look forward to connecting with you on our next radio show program next week. Good day.